Welcome to the Broken Pie Chart Podcast, episode number 82. I'm your host, Derek Moore, and this week, let's talk a little bit about all this stuff you've been hearing about valuations and P.E. ratios and forward P.E. ratios. What's high? What's low? Is it really a good predictor of returns going forward? And sort of the changing nature on analyst estimates. And I think we've seen these, you know, move around a little bit. So first of all, we know that earnings are down. Earnings have been down roughly 20%. Well, I shouldn't say roughly 20%. So in 2019, the earnings were $163 on the S&P 500. So what does that mean? Well, the S&P 500 index, when you say earnings, they basically aggregate, you know, they add up all the earnings from all the companies, the 500 and something companies that are in the index. And that's how they come up with the sort of the per share. So when I say, you know, 2019 was $163 a share for 29, I think I said 2019, 163 that's, you know, let's say the 499 companies reported nothing and one company reported, you know, just tons of earnings. It's, it's just aggregated all together. And, you know, Professor Jeremy Siegel has often pointed to in 2008, earnings dropped something like four, you know, 40%. And we'll come back to that because that's a little bit instructive on how, you know, the time to recover back to previous earnings levels. But he always made the point that, you know, in 2008, a lot of banks uh, had massively negative earnings. You had a lot of companies write down different things. And, you know, the market obviously went down quite a bit. Uh, But earnings so far, you know, if we, the estimate, so remember this is big E as an estimate, the estimate for 2020, including the two quarters that have already, pretty much the Q2 is already fully reported, Q1 uh, is reported. But the estimate, you know, by the end of the year, they're saying, and they, I mean the analyst, they're saying $129.88 is the consensus estimate on earnings for the S&P 500. And so, Keep that in mind as we think about, you know, where earnings have gone and where they're estimated to go. And also, I'll kind of get back to the 2008 thing. And then we also want to look at this whole idea of, you know, is the market, everyone says, well, the market is very, very high. Um, and by the way, I'll, I'll just say this up front. You know, I don't, I don't know exactly where the market's going to go. Those of you who have been listening for a long time know that you know, I'm a big believer in, in buying the market, but having downside hedges. So when you have a, using a strategy like that, it takes away some of the, you know, the necessity or the precision needed to be right. Because look, if the market sells off materially, you know, hopefully you have, you have some hedges in place and, you know, real hedges, not just diversification that you hope will work. And if the market keeps going up, great, you capture the majority of the upside. It's it's missing that material downside that's really important. So when we think about price to earnings for anyone who, you know, maybe needs a refresher, I'll go through this really quickly. Uh, the price to earnings is you take 
uh, a stock or an index and you take that price and you divide it by whatever the earnings are. Let's make this really simple. Let's say a stock is trading at $10 a share and the earnings per share are, you know, so if you have a million shares outstanding and you have a million dollars of net income, that's a dollar per share. So stocks at 10, earnings per share is at a dollar, 10 divided by a dollar, that's easy, right? It's 10. And so you're trading at 10 times earnings. And then what happens is, let's say next year, uh, the consensus estimate on this, you know, completely fictitious made up stock are $2. So the analysts say, hey, I think we're gonna, they're going to earn $2 next year. Well, then on a one-year or 12-month forward basis, it is trading $10 divided by $2. It's trading at five times forward earnings, okay? So let's look at what the S&P is doing right now. I'll round up. Uh, not quite close the 3,400, but it's close. So I'll sort of round up. And uh, so we have, if you look at what the earnings were last year, okay, uh, or what the earnings are, let's say, um, you know, if, if we actually end the year at 129.88, so remember, this is an index, it's not a stock. So it's the index level uh, divided by the per share earnings on the S&P 500. So if uh, we wind up being, you know, 129.88, the index is is trading at, you know, an estimated 129.8. It's, it's trading about 26 times the estimated 2020 earnings, Okay. And when you hear people saying, well, it's trading on the high side, that's sort of what they're talking about. And I'll give you some historical perspective on what was the trading before March of you know, 2000? What was the trading before 2008? And so then you kind of look and you say, okay, so what is the market trading on a forward one-year basis? And by forward one-year basis, it's basically Q, uh, Q3, Q4, Q1 of 21, Q2 of 21, right? Because we already know what's happened. And the consensus estimate, it looks like, and it was actually raised recently. And uh, by the way, that, that's a really good point because these are just estimates. They can change and analysts can be wrong. So if you're doing a, a forward estimate today, well, if the analysts change their estimates and assuming the price doesn't change, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have a different forward PE. So what we do is we take 3,400, again, I just rounded up to make it easy, divided by the 145.66. That's the forward consensus analyst estimates for the next four quarters, $145.66. And that gets you about a, a one-year forward PE of about 23.24, okay? So when we look at you know, where PEs are and we look at you know, historically, what, what does that mean? Well, you know, before on February 19th, so that's kind of, you know, the last high in the market before everything kind of went awry, as we say, uh, in the markets, the, the one-year forward PE was 19. And what did I just say? I just calculated it's about, you know, 23, 24. Now, JP Morgan, I pulled up their guide to the markets. Uh, on August 20th, they had a forward PE of 22.3. Okay, so my numbers are a little bit different than theirs. Uh, they may be using their own estimates. I don't know. And at the very lows, 
uh, on March 23rd of this year, the forward PE was 13.1 times estimated one year, you know, going forward. So, and that was when the, the estimate was 2237. So what does this mean? Well, if we look at, let's look at March of 2000, the forward PE ratio is about 27.2. We all remember what happened then. We know that the NASDAQ.com era kind of had a crash and market certainly went into a recession. Interestingly enough, you know, October of 2009, the PE was only 15.7. It's only 15.7. And then, of course, we know we had the 2008 crisis, 2009, all of those types of things, right? So we're currently probably higher than, you know, the average, the 25-year average for forward PE is about 16.43. So, uh, we are at levels not seen since, you know, 1999-ish. Uh, and then, of course, you know, if we look at something like the Schiller PE, uh, the Schiller PE looks at the last 10, it's the price over the inflation-adjusted average of the last 10 years' earnings. And over the 25-year average, you know, Schiller PE is 27.35. The latest was 31.11. Uh, so it's actually not that higher than the 25-year average, but certainly it's, uh, you know, you could look at any number of things. And, and there are some people who debate whether the Schiller PE is useful or not. Um, you know, that's maybe off topic for another podcast. So does this mean that we're, we're trading really high? What does it mean? Well, JP Morgan also has uh, kind of the old XY regression scatter plot. That's just a fancy way for saying, hey, let's look at uh, the one-year forward PE and then let's see what the return was when you know the one-year forward PE was at that level. So, for example, uh, if the forward PE is 17, you know, there's uh, sometimes returns were negative, sometimes returns were positive. There's definitely a sloping, you know, and, and over the next subsequent five-year annualized returns, there's definitely... Uh, if anyone's ever done a regression or stats, some of you are like, no, I don't, I don't want to ever do that again. Uh, but there's, there seems to be uh, some correlation between the higher the forward PE gets, uh, the lower historically five-year annualized returns have been. But like I said, I mean, these, if all of a sudden earnings start coming in better and the analysts raise their estimates, those PEs can, can go down pretty quickly. Um, and by the way, this only had about a 45 R square. So uh, it's not zero, but it's, uh, it's not 100%. Uh, forward PEs and subsequent one-year returns, by the way, that's all over the map. And that is a really low R squared. R squared just means, you know, higher the R squared, the more the, the, let's say the correlation between something that you're looking at. And, you know, there's, uh, it, it just, it, it's not really that predictive, right? Um so when you look at things like that, um, you know, certainly that's what you see on CNBC and you hear a lot of people saying, you know, on a forward basis, uh, the market is, you know, trading very high, da, 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 right? Um, here's the other thing I would tell you that, you know, if you look back and you looked at, you know, a, a PE ratio, let's say, 
Um, for example, in January of January 1st of 2009, the actual PE, not the forward PE, was almost 71. And we know the market bottomed out in March of 2009. Uh, but certainly that was, you know, someone who said, wow, that's, that's unreasonably high and I'm, I'm never going to invest in the market again, uh, would have missed out on, you know, a decade plus of, uh, of returns. So, um, are we high right now? You know, is the forward PE high? It's higher than the average, certainly. Um, but also, I think that um, there's an interesting thing here when you look at the estimates. And remember, these are just estimates. Analysts get stuff wrong all the time. In fact, analysts, you know, this is a consensus estimate. But if you looked at the high and the low estimates on earnings, not only for the S&P, but on individual stocks, uh, there could be a, a pretty high variance. So, I found this interesting, and I'll take you back to 2007. 2007, 82.54 was the earnings on the S&P 500. 2008, they go down to 49.51. So it's a drop of 40%, okay? Um, so they stay at 49.51 in 2008. They go to 56.86 in 2009. And they don't go above the, the 2017 level until the you know the very end of 2010 when they hit 83.77. So I think that's kind of interesting in that you know you figure he had 07, uh, you know impairment on earnings in 08, impairment 09, and then it took you know it was one two not till uh, 2010. So you know three years later. I guess three years, yeah, three full years later before they got back to the, the 2007. If you look, remember, these are just analyst estimates, but we were 163 on the S&P 500 in 2019. 2020, as I said, the estimate for the full year, you've got two quarters in, two still to go. So half the year is based upon actuals, half is based upon estimates. And it looks like they're, you know, about 129.88. But here's what's interesting. Their estimates for 2021 are 165.69. That would be higher than 2019. And so if they actually do come in at the estimate for 2020, that's only a 20% drop in earnings in the S&P. And they would fully recover their prior level uh, by 2021. 2022, by the way, they have 186.29, uh, but that's, that's pretty far off, right? So... If that's the case, then the recovery, you know, uh, number of years to recover is is lower based upon the estimates. You know, we'll see what happens. So the other thing that people like to look at is PE is price divided by earnings. You can actually invert that and you can do what's called an earnings yield. So a lot of value investors, they look at earnings yield. Like they take the earnings – and so let's say the earnings are, you know, $10 a share and the stock price is 90. So you take 10 divided by 90 and the earnings yield is 11.1%. So think about, you know, if you're a shareholder, this is why a lot of value people look at this. Um, they say, well, you know, you're, you want a high earnings yield uh, because as a shareholder, that means you're getting, you know, paid more. Um, if you invert, let's say, you know, the S&P 500, um, we'll use that 3,400 again. 
and we'll say over the next, uh, you know, four quarters, uh, if you got 145 divided by the 3,400, that's an earnings yield of about 4.2%. What does that actually mean though? Well, you know, in, in 2008, 2009, somewhere around there, the earnings yield was, um, I think, one and a half or, or two on a, on a trailing basis, right? Uh, not on a forward basis. So to be fair, you know, if I if I kind of look at the, let's say if I use 129 divided by 3,400, that's more like 3.7, 3.8. And I've got a little bit of the estimate in there. And, and earnings yields tend to go really higher um, you know, right before, uh, you know, the end of the seventies, you had earnings yields that were, you know, almost 14%. So, you know, that's, um, that's another way of looking at it, but I don't know that we can, you know, deem that again, it, it's just better to be, if you're going to be in the market, just have some protection on the downside. Like, don't try and be looking to get in and out trying to, to guess, is this the top? Is this not the top, right? So one of the other things I'll, I'll kind of touch on too is with this idea about forward valuation. And, you know, everyone uses, I shouldn't say everyone, but a lot of people use historical numbers. And what do we know about the current environment that was very different from the very period, let's say, in the late 70s, early 80s? Interest rates. You know, interest rates are uh, one of the, the components of if you're trying to value a, you know, the earnings of a company or value, do an intrinsic value, you know, a discounted cash flow on a stock or on a market, you know, the earnings um, are discounted down and, and they're discounted down by the cost of capital. And the cost of capital, of course, is... Um, you know, anyone's ever had a, a finance textbook knows the capital asset pricing model. Remember that long thing where you take, you know, the risk-free rate plus the beta times the equity risk premium minus the risk-free rate, right? And you essentially come up with, hey, you know, what do, based upon the volatility and all these other things, what is our, you know, cost of capital, right? So um, the cost of capital should go up when interest rates are up. And one of the reasons why it should go up is because, look, if you could buy a bond right now for 7% or you could buy a stock and you might say, well, look, I, I, I can do a, you know, essentially a, a risk-free treasury at 7%. Why wouldn't I just buy that? Or heck, you know, if it was 1981, you could buy a 15% treasury. So uh, the cost of capital tends to, you know, demand for return on stocks or the, the premium of equities over bonds should go higher when interest rates are higher. And I bring this up because, you know, given where interest rates are, I think it's an interesting question to ask, can we actually look at a forward PE or PE ratio today the same way we did when interest rates were much higher? Um, and part of the reason is, you know, remember the whole thing, it's uh, a dollar today is worth a dollar, but a dollar someone's going to give you in two years has to be discounted down by the opportunity cost or the, um, you know, the risk-free rate or some other, uh, you know, discount rate, uh, cost of capital. And so, you know, I bring this up because I think a lot of times, um, you know, interest rates are a huge, huge component in, in finance. 
And I think sometimes there's not adjustments made given where interest rates are. And so, you know, kind of give you an example, if, if you were to receive, let's say, you know, $100 uh, in two years, right? And you said, okay, well, you know, we're going to use 10% as the cost of capital. Um, if, you, if you were going to get $100 in two years, you know, you're going to have to discount that down. And $100 in two years at a 10% cost of capital or discount rate is only worth today, you know, roughly $82.5. But if you're using, you know, a cost of capital that's um, next to nothing, you know, maybe uh, half a percent or something or three, you know, a third of a percent, um, then guess what? Well, that same hundred dollars that you're going to get in two years, you know, if we did like 0.33%, it's worth uh, about 99, just shy of 99 and a half dollars today. And I bring this up because I don't think that's talked about enough. And do, you know, look, if you're doing this type of estimate and you're trying to say, well, how do I know what interest rates are going to be in the future? I know what they are now. And that's a fair point. Uh, but don't discount, I guess that's a pun, right? Um, don't discount what interest rates are. So anyway, this gives you uh, some primer, a little more detail on you know, what you're hearing right now. When people say forward valuations, PE ratios, what is the earnings yield? And then you know, the, sort of the earnings estimates. And so there's plenty, if you Google S&P 500 you know, forward earnings estimates, there's plenty of places uh, they put out their estimates, you know, individual firms like Goldman Sachs and Citigroup and any number of you know, analysts put these out on their own. So you can find them out there. And just remember, though, you know, we just had the big, uh, what do they call them, the fan mags, uh, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Microsoft. Oh, what's the other one? Alphabet, right? Um, or did I say that one already? Anyway, so, you know, all the, all the high flyers, right? But all, all Amazon, that was the other one. So Amazon, you know, they, they blew away their earnings estimate, I think. Uh, so the analyst had a certain number and they re- reported their corner, uh, quarter and it was much higher. I think Intel, didn't they miss their quarter by 10% or 15%? I forget. Maybe that's what the stock dropped uh, the, the day after. I can't remember. So these are estimates. These are estimates only. Uh, if you find this interesting, please share it with somebody. You know, rather than wasting time rating, reviewing, and scoring, and starring, and everything, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, uh, share this to somebody, especially somebody who who hasn't listened to podcasts. Look, I mean, they're running out of stuff to uh, from all accounts, right? I don't know if you watch uh, any shows that you watch. A lot of them are on hiatus; they haven't been filming, and there's not a lot of new content uh, that's that's been coming out. I know billions uh, on Showtime. I think they they ran through six episodes, and I was reading. I don't know when they're going to start filming again, but uh, anyway. So I'll leave it there, and uh, hopefully this uh, I, this was based upon a couple of listener questions. Go ahead and reach out to me. Uh, I like hearing from the listeners, and if you want me to cover a topic, I will certainly do that. All right, everyone, have a great week.